Welcome to Fashion Designers Get Paid, a podcast for burnt out fashion designers who want to ditch the toxic rat race, say bye-bye to backstabbing bosses, and work with brands who value and respect them. I'm your host, Heidi, and I believe that you can do things differently in your fashion career. Because the truth is, most industry jobs will underpay and overwork you, and having your own brand is far from profitable. Let's also be honest, most of them fail. So if you actually want to, well, be a fashion designer and get paid, the best way to do it is as a freelancer. Now, maybe you've been told that brands don't accept remote freelancers or that freelancing means being an exploited temp employee working full-time without benefits. Or to work freelance, you have to be a rock star expert with all the skills from design through development. I'm going to show you that it is possible to be a real freelancer in fashion, work remotely with brands you love, and make money, even if you're terrified you don't have all the answers. You got this, and I'm here to help you do it. In this episode, you'll hear a clip from a one-on-one strategy session with one of my FAST students, Sarah Watley. Sarah's a freelance technical designer and had questions about how to review samples and protos remotely. Does the sample come to her or to her client, and how does that whole process work? And also, how's the pattern maker involved in everything? So I talked Sarah through a few different scenarios of how she can handle sample and proto reviews remotely to make sure that deadlines are met and development still stays on track. We also go through when the pattern maker may or may not be involved in the process. Let's get to it. Hey, real quick, before we jump into the episode, if you're sick of being tied to a desk and want more freedom in your day, I want to help you. Snag my free limited time training, How to Freelance in Fashion, even if you're terrified you don't have all the answers, to learn my five-step freelancing framework so you can work for yourself in fashion and get paid. Get instant access at soheidi.com slash freelance. We'll link it in the show notes. All right, now let's get started. Oh, I did have a question about... um... If you're doing the tech box, I know that um, at some point this, you know, you have to check back over the samples. I know you talked about that. I don't know if it was podcast or where, but who do they send it to? Like, would they send it to me? Because if I'm here in Trinidad, is that going to be, you know, cost prohibitive at all? And if the if the factories in China and the designers in the US and I'm in Trinidad, like, do they send the sample to the designer? Do they send it to me? Because I would, I mean, I would prefer to have it in my hands and to yeah. you know, check it over. Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple of different ways that this scenario can go. Mm-hmm. And I hear this question quite often. So one is you don't actually do anything with the samples. Like you just do the tech pack and like they take mm-hmm. it and run because then doing protos and maybe fittings and stuff is mm-hmm. a step beyond offering tech packs. You totally can offer oh. that service, but some right. people do tech packs and then they'll answer questions accordingly, but like, that's it. They're not then doing like proto reviews and fittings and stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of option one, but if you do want to do the sample review, which it sounds like you do, there's a couple options. Option one is the sample can come to either you or the brand first for one mm-hmm. of one of you guys to review, mm-hmm. make comments. You can maybe even hop on Zoom and do comments together. And then mm-hmm. whoever has the sample then mails it to the other person. Okay. So that adds a lot of time, mm-hmm. right? To have the sample then go here and then there, right? Option two is the factory makes two samples. So the brand pays a little bit more for sampling and then the factory sends one to each of you. So then this saves time. There's, of course there's shipping costs and the brand is responsible for all the shipping costs. Okay, that's something um, it's in the invoice template inside fast, but it's like any 
shipping or added expenses incurred like Pantone swatches or something, which you probably won't be doing since you're doing technical, not design, but Mm -hmm. is to be paid by the brand. And so, you know, the brand can have their FedEx or UPS or DHL number or whatever, and everything just like runs through that, you know, as a brand, that's something you have to absorb their shipping expenses. Mm -hmm. So my preferred method is the two samples and one goes to each. It saves Mm -hmm. a lot of time. Right. And arguably the shipping kind of winds up being the same because you're not, you're like still having to ship it twice. So you're just Mm -hmm. paying a little bit more. You're paying for two samples, but if you're developing a brand and launching a collection or there's, there's costs associated with this. So that's that's not a big big deal. It's not a big deal. Yeah. So that is how I suggest you manage the proto review. And then that way you guys can still get on zoom. I think it's really valuable to do have those conversations and look at the sample together and collect your comments and, and figure out, okay, what comments do we need to make? And then, you know, you can mark up the tech pack, take pictures, mm-hmm. et cetera, get that prepped and back to the factory for the second proto or whatever's next. And on that topic, I'll just throw an extra thought in there. Mm-hmm. If you do want to offer that portion where you are doing proto review and possibly even fittings and stuff, it could be valuable in your tech pack portfolio to have some marked up images like from a proto review. Yeah. Right. So like you said, you have, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about, right? Where you have a picture Mm -hmm. of the garment and you're like trying to instruct the factory of like how to move the seam line over and you kind of Mm -hmm. draw on top of it an illustrator and like the directions, the arrows and all the stuff, the, the, Proto comments. So does the person who do like a pattern maker or the person who does clothes, do they get involved in that stuff? The clothes to review and the, or is that just, they might, just totally okay. I mean, it just kind of depends on how the companies run. Like every company is going to be mm-hmm. a little bit different, right? Like, yeah. Well, I guess that's what I, I don't have a full idea of how it works. So as you're saying, it's different from company to company. It's different from company to company because sometimes the pattern maker arguably could do all the fitting components of the proto because a proto can also stand in as a fit sample. Right. So, but they wouldn't do like construction stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, they could, but that's a little bit more leans into the technical designer role. And again, it depends Mm -hmm. on, on the brand, right? Every brand is a little bit different. Honestly, it kind of depends on the size of the brand, the larger the brand, the more segmented each role is going to be right. Mm -hmm. The smaller the brand, Mm -hmm. each role is going to do like a lot more stuff. Right. Right. That's what I'm more familiar with. Yeah. So the pattern maker could be involved in the proto review for sure from like a pattern and a fit perspective, Mm -hmm. but the technical designer is also capable of doing that. Cause at this point, okay, the pattern's good enough. We just maybe need to adjust this measurement on the POM and, you know, like small little changes and we're good. It just depends. Is it often that some one person would be doing both? One person could be technical designer as well as pattern designer? Um, It could. Yeah, it totally could. Mm -hmm. And I think that at, at some stage, like you don't even really have a pattern maker per se, depending on the complexity of the styles and how much each style is like based off of maybe a pre-existing style that is already mm-hmm. been run and the POMs are fairly established and the factory, they've been working with that factory for a while. 
Right. The technical designer can just maybe adjust some POMs, add some POMs, subtract, what have you, and then send that to the factory. The factory does all the patterning on their side mm -hmm. and sends it back. And then the technical designer does the fitting and does the proto comments and makes mm -hmm. any adjustments mm -hmm. to the POM. And then, you know, back and forth, like sometimes there's not even a, a actual pattern maker per se involved. Like the technical designer has knowledge of patterns, right? And they understand mm -hmm. POMs and fit and all that stuff. So it just, it just kind of depends. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to the fashion designers get paid podcast. If this episode inspired you in any way to get out of the mass produced rat race and get your fashion career out of the hands of toxic corporate bosses, just like one of my students did Alexandra who makes more money in one day of freelancing than she did in two weeks at her old industry job. Yes, true story. I'd love to help you take control of your own destiny as a freelance fashion designer or TD, PD, pattern maker, etc. Get instant access to my free limited time training at soheidi.com slash freelance. We'll link it up in the show notes. And of course, make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. We release new episodes every Monday to help inspire you for or help you get through the week ahead. You got this. Me and my team are rooting for you.